The Bernstein and Holmes Show. Middays 10 a.m. till 2 on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. This could be one of the biggest days in Bears history. Cousins on a play fake, setting up the throw right to the end zone. It's caught by Adam Thielen. Wide open, right side of the end zone for the touchdown. Here's Mills on second and eight. Fires back in the end zone. It is caught for the Houston touchdown. How about that start for the Texans? Motion, Hawkinson to the right side. Traveling with him is DHC. Here's the take of the hand up. Madison to the end zone, twisting in for the touchdown. The Vikings extend their lead to 12-zip. Ellinger, boy, trying to somehow escape. That pass is picked off. Intercepted. Jonathan Grenard in for the pick six. Mullins on the take, giving to Madison. He leaps and off the left side. He's into the end zone for the touchdown. 22-6, Minnesota. Colts playing their ultra prevent defense on fourth and 20. Mills buying some time. Fires towards the end zone, and it is caught. Oh, my word. Improbable. Aikens, 28-yard touchdown. Final 30 seconds. Bears just taking knees to end the 103rd season in Bears history. The first under Matt Eberflus. They'll end with 14 losses and a 10-game losing streak. Depending on where they wind up in that draft, it'll be no worse than the fourth pick. Chicago has lost, so basically this play determines. right there. Lines up outside, comes inside, watch him over the middle. Who will pick first in the draft? Mills to the end zone, it's caught. Akins and the Houston Texans have retaken the lead. Bernstein and Holmes, your midday destination for Chicago sports talk. And it's over. Lovey Smith's Texans win it with some late game magic here in Indianapolis. On Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Damn right they're on the clock. Let's go, Mike Rankin. Let's go. The Chicago Bears are on the clock in a lot of ways. Because it all starts now. The intrigue starts now. The games they have to play, what they have to project, and what they have to show, what they're talking about internally, what they're talking about externally. There is a lot to do, and they are holding on. All the cards. They've got all the keys. It's really, really major keys. It's so great. Like Bears fans got a an absolute treat. And look, had the Bears just lost their game, they'd done their thing, and the Bears are sitting there with a number two pick. You're still in a great position. You're still in a great position to actually trade if you wanted to. But with the number one pick. It changes everything. Alex said something yesterday, and I, I wrote it down while we were watching the game because we were watching both, and he called it, this is a franchise-altering event. Yes! Why is that so hard to understand through all of this? Who's not understanding? Uh, it's, uh, come on. How, all, all through the year, well, you know, you can get a good player at six. You know, there's, there's, and I mean, how many times we got to, uh, having a number one pick, man, here's a history of the number one picks. Here's a history of the number two picks. You can't turn it around in one year. There's been so many different pivots oh. off of the, off of the, we don't understand what the Bears are doing thing. Why are they losing games? So you stop celebrating losing. They did it. 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 And they told you they were going to do it. 
They tore it down. They got out of the dead cap, all of that awful Ryan Pace dead cap stuff. They, they, brought, they, they signed a roster of garbage that you knew was garbage. Really bad. And you knew it. And they, they, you knew what they were doing. This was the burn down year. And they got the number one pick and they identified their quarterback. See, that's it's almost ideal. That's the beauty of this. And there's going to be a lot of conversation over the next few months about what's said and what is to do. And I you know. I'm not sure they're sold on this field, guy. There's going to be a lot of that going on. But the identification of the quarterback was important because of this. Like, if you identify the quarterback, you know what that allows you to do? It allows you to play stupid between now and April. There's going to be a lot of that, and the Bears aren't going to be the only ones doing it. Well, we just spent a whole season of people playing stupid. Well, well, the Bears will actually be doing it for a purpose, but it, it not needing the quarterback, not sitting there going, "We have the number one pick. Clearly, we need a quarterback, and we're going to take a quarterback." Is different than, "Hey, fellas, we've got this number one pick here, and." I mean, I guess you could convince us that we really like our quarterback, Justin Fields guy. I guess we'll live with that. I guess we could live with that. And, you know, that means that we don't really necessarily need a quarterback. But you, Houston, you need a quarterback. And you, Carolina, you need a quarterback. And you, Indianapolis, you need a quarterback. Denver, you might need a quarterback. Atlanta, you might need a quarterback. And if if you were to trade with us and we have the number one quarterback, guess what? You could pick whatever quarterback you want it. And we haven't even begun the silly season of quarterbacks rocketing up the draft board. Well, I mean, we wait, have. Because the till, Will Levis thing is happening. I'm telling you, wait till Will Levis is going to be the number two guy. He's going to leapfrog C.J. Stroud. Yeah. On every board. There's And that's the, that's the thing of it. And if you're sitting there going, well, there's no guarantee. All you have to do is look at recent drafts. The 49ers had to have... Trey Young. They had to have him. The Bears had to have Mitchell Trubisky. So I don't care in what order you have the quarterbacks ranked. There is a GM and a scouting department that has got their heart set on a particular quarterback. And you know who that benefits? Your Chicago Bears. Can we dispense with something here, too? And I see it on Twitter. I see it everywhere else. And it is this completely nihilistic stance of, it doesn't matter because they're the Bears and we don't. They're going to mess it up. They're going to mess it. Then then just forget being a fan. I don't know why why you bother. Honestly, if you're, if we we have no, it, it is baked in that Ryan Poles has never done this before. It is baked in that we don't know the guy. Right. We don't know anything about him. We don't, we don't, we don't know if he's good We don't at know this. if he's good. But that's beside the point. And if that's your problem, if you're walking around muttering, like, well, it doesn't really matter because this guy sucks, then don't bother. 
What, yeah. what, what, are you, what are you even doing? If you can't get excited about this, and if you can't be hopeful about this after everything you went through with Ryan Pace for seven years, and you're already like, well, this guy sucks. It doesn't really matter. Then I, I, I don't understand why you why you choose to care. You, it, it, This is the best case scenario, no matter who is the GM of the Bears. Yes, I do think that there are still things that lead one to be concerned about whether or not Ryan Poles can do this job effectively. That being said, he's got all the ammunition. He Everything that you would want a GM to have, and even him having all this ammunition actually allows for a margin of error because they have a ton of cap space, because they have the number one pick, It allows for there to be some mistakes along the way. He's got to get the trade value right. And I do think that there is an opportunity, as weird as it sounds, for multiple trades by the Bears in the first round of this draft. I I think there's there's an opportunity, and all you want is more and more, as many good players as you can find inside of a particular draft. You got two lines to build you, you have you have two lines to build a whole defensive front seven. You need skill position players. You need everything, and that that's the next thing. Well, I don't know. They gotta take up so many need. We know they have all the need. That's that's the point, right? Part of it was going in and making the assessments of who was going to be here as you try to fill out this roster. This and, and it's going to turn over. This roster is going to turn over like you wouldn't believe. Over the next few months. And does that mean that you can build a Super Bowl caliber team in one offseason? It's unlikely. But it's not impossible. Well, that's the other thing. It's like, I don't know. You know, this is going to take multiple seasons. Yes, we do know it's likely to take multiple seasons. This is that everybody's trying to sound like they're they're, they're preaching from Mount Olympus but with this idea that, you know, it's going to take more time than you think. They have Justin Fields. Correct. And you have draft capital and you've got money to spend so you can accelerate some of this stuff and put and, and, and put yourself in a position like the Eagles where you can make aggressive moves. So, so what do the Eagles do? All right, let's go draft a wide receiver. Let's go draft, draft and the, trade for one. Let's, let's draft the Heisman Trophy winner. Let's put him out there and let's also go and trade for a dynamic receiver and then give him an extension. There are receivers out there that I would imagine would like their address changed after what they've gone through this past season. That's on the table for the Bears right now, for them to do that. The Bears can kind of do what they want. They, they can create the mosaic. If, if your concern is you don't think that Ryan Poles can do it, I understand that. I, I understand your trepidation. But he's the GM. He's the GM, and... You've never seen a Bears general manager armed with this. So even if there, unless he is a complete buffoon, I I think that the the margin of error is going to allow for the Bears to get better immediately. There, there, the to me, the only thing that he could do wrong is make that number one pick. That's the only thing that he could do wrong. But there are going to be people knocking on the Bears' door. And they're going to say, we want Bryce Young, or we want Will Levis, 
or we want to choose. We want to be in a position to make the choice. And maybe that choice is, you know what? We want Will Anderson, but we want to choose who it is. The other thing that, that I will say to Bears fans, because I brought up Will Anderson's name, don't get fixated on players. Don't get fixated on as much as we like Carter and Anderson and we understand their importance to what Matt Eberflus would try to do on a defense. Don't get fixated on, well, the Bears have got to come away with it from this draft with and None of that stuff matters. They're going to be in a position to draft great players if they make the right moves and use that number one pick as leverage. That's Lawrence Holmes. I'm Dan Bernstein. We are Bernstein and Holmes here on a Horizon Therapeutics Bears Monday, the last one of this season. It was a memorable Sunday, to say the least. When we come back, I want to hear what Ryan Poles said specifically about Justin Fields because I think it's really important that we're aware of the public conversation that's being had while we imagine the private conversation that's being had, that that must be had right now. We'll discuss next on The Score. Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Final 30 seconds, Bears just taking knees to end the 103rd season in Bears history. The first under Matt Eberflus. They'll end with 14 losses and a 10-game losing streak. Hell yeah, they will. And the number one overall pick. We got a lot going on here. There's gonna be, And remember, there's everything that's said between now and draft night. Always think about subtext. Always take everything that's said as an understanding of what they want out there. Nothing is at face value. Nothing. Nothing. Anything it's said is the way they want to be seen. Think about it like social media, mm-hmm. where people are always going to give... A projection. An impression, a projection of this is my fabulous life and look at all those wonderful things and and you know it's not exactly that. Wait, you mean they don't have those cars, Dan? No. They're not living on the beach full time? No, they're actually not. It's all everything is filtered. Wait, so like when we see the videos of people like walking places, they're not being randomly videoed? It's just someone's actually doing the video of them. I know. Man, I hate you can't to, trust anything. I hate. I hate to do this to you. I know on a, on a Horizon Therapeutics Bears Monday. What about Santa Claus? Let's hear from Ryan Poles when he was asked about Justin Fields in the immediate future. I'm proud of the kid and, and how he hung in there. The transition's tough. Uh, learning a new offense, uh, getting to know a new staff. There's a lot thrown at him. There's adjustments made on the fly, and he handled it perfectly. Is there room to grow? Absolutely. But I think what we saw this year was our coaching staff's ability to put players in a position to succeed and be competitive, as well as a player that was starting to gain confidence in his ability and and the game was starting to slow down. So I'm really looking forward to him taking the next step next year. And now what I find interesting is what is being said privately. When Ryan Poles sits with Fields or his agent, whoever, is, hey, I'm going to say a lot of crap in the next few weeks. You're going to hear a lot. You're going to, there's going to be all kinds of headlines, and there's going to be stuff on Twitter, and there's going to be blogs written and all. Just he- he- here's what's going on. And 
I'm not going to make you sign an NDA, but I'm going to trust that we're on the same page here. And it may just be that he's not going to do that because he want, Poles wants to draft a quarterback. Or he doesn't even want to go to that level. But you want you don't want Fields to be unhappy and uncertain about his future. And yes. There's, there's a professional courtesy here and an understanding that they're, they're going to say, hey, this, this is where we are. This is what's real. Everything else you might hear from anybody or anywhere else is garbage. Take it from me right now. Look me in the eye. Here's what I'm telling you about your future. Make it a point to be like, you're our guy. We've we've determined that as an organization and as a staff. What happens next is we will have to play a little bit of a shell game publicly in the hopes of getting the most talent that we can to surround you. So, yes, your name is going to be brought up. People are going to wonder, are they really sold on, on Justin Fields as our quarterback? I am here to tell you that we are sold on you. And what you're going to hear is going to be a ton of noise. And some of it is going to be coming from my office on purpose. I am going to leak some of this stuff to reporters that are probably not going to ask the question of, should I put this out there in for public consumption? That's part of the ecosystem that we live in. So we want you to know how we feel about you and know that this is what the, that the goal is is to give you the best opportunity to have the best players around you and for us to never, ever, ever have a season like that again. We can't do that, though, without a little bit of cloak and dagger. That's what you're going to see and know that all of it is set up so that we as a team can succeed with you as our quarterback. You rest easy. Get your work done. Yep. Go take take a few weeks off. And then start over, knowing that you're the guy. Here's some thoughts from Stonecutter, who says, I'm going to preface this email by stating that this thought, and every thought between now and the draft, presupposes that Ryan Poles is at least average at his job of talent evaluation and will get good value from the picks he ultimately makes. I think that's a good baseline. I think that's how we should approach it. I don't know if this guy's great. I don't know if he's trash. Let's go with... There. He's adequate. He says, I fully acknowledge the book is still out. There's evidence that this may not be the case, but it's pointless to engage in any of this if you're just going to assume that he sucks at drafting. That that's why I said what I said earlier. I'm I'm tired, tired, tired of that. He's bad. I don't trust him. Forget it. Then then I don't want to hear from you. Then then don't bother. Doesn't seem like a really good way to live your life like as a fan, just feeling like the sword of Damocles is always on your head when when you finally got like all that that luck you've it. been saying that it. the Bears don't get, you got that luck yesterday. So he said, with that out of the way, I think Fields is the guy. And I think the idea of moving on from him is pointless. But in a vacuum, I'm not wholly unsympathetic to the idea of resetting the rookie quarterback window, if that's what you're worried about. Trading the number one overall pick for multiple future firsts fixes the problem as much as drafting a quarterback would, to wit. Regardless of where the Bears end up drafting in 2023, and regardless of how many day two picks they pick up in their wheeling and dealing, if you can head into next offseason with two firsts in each of 24 and 25, you can see two scenarios play out. First is, Fields is great, and you have to pay him. Well, you have four first-round picks to fill the talent gaps that the quarterback contract creates for you. None of the teams that have given out big quarterback contracts 
and backslid because of it had that situation. But if it turns out Fields isn't the guy and next year goes poorly, you'll be at the top of the 2024 draft. You want Caleb Williams? You got four first-round picks to pedal for him. Say anything you want about polls. He's got the entire league by the balls right now. And this is what I love. If you go back to the New England game and you give Bears observers two options, they pull out a handful of late-game hero drives and Fields leads them to six or seven meaningless wins or this, and you don't pick this, you're an idiot. (laughs) Bears fans should be giddy. I think it's that final point that really resonates, that – if you want this, well, he's got to prove he can win. Uh, he's, this is one of these times he, he's got to march him down the field, and, and whether it's Detroit or Miami, and this is where you pull it out. Would you rather he have done that a couple of times and not have this situation where he didn't do it, we still believe in him, and they have the top pick? Come on. It was preposterous then. It's preposterous now. You have the best of both worlds where you got to see the quarterback do cool stuff and go, oh, oh, the Bears have one of those. The the Bears have a player that other players around the league recognize as being special. And they kept losing games. Because as special as that player was, he couldn't block or catch the passes that he threw to himself he couldn't do any of that. He wasn't rushing the quarterback. And if if you are honest in your assessment about the failings of the 2022 Bears, then you know that Justin Fields is very low on the list of things that need to be fixed. That doesn't mean that he doesn't have room to grow. Obviously, every young quarterback has room to grow. But now you get to weaponize your losing. And if if there were wins along the way that Justin Fields and whatever your core offensive players are, and I I don't even know, I I guess your core offensive players are Justin Fields and Darnell Mooney, um, were a part of, fine. But I still contend, had they pulled off that win in Washington, we're not sitting here today. And I don't mean just because of the record. I don't think that their eyes open up nor would they have had the time to change things and sit down with Justin Fields to try and fix some of the issues that they've had. And that, to me, is the best of both worlds. You got to see Fields improve. You got to see him get better, him do special stuff, him have you with your mouth agape as you're watching him run past defensive backs Mm -hmm. in the NFL. And there were moments where you saw multiple touchdown passes by Justin Fields in a, in a few games this season. Now you can see the Bears going, all right, let's build around this guy. And now we've got the ammunition to do it. We've got the cap space to go after whatever free agent we want. If that free agent is a tackle on the offensive line or a pass rusher on the defensive line, we've got the money to do it. Are there players that we like in the draft? Great. We can put a list of of 10 first-round picks together that we like. And no matter what we do with the trade, if we trade that number one pick, 
the players that we like are still going to be available. And there might be opportunities to do this multiple times. You might be able to trade the number one pick to Houston for the number two pick in a swap, plus other first round or second round considerations. And then say, hey, Indianapolis, wouldn't you like to come up here to the number two spot? Wouldn't you like to have a quarterback instead of, hey, Jim, you fired up? (laughs) Hey, hey, Jim. How about it's not Sam Ellinger or the corpse of Matt Ryan that's out there playing football for you? You could start. You could stop crying about Andrew Luck retiring. Hey, you fired up. Oh, yeah. And get hey, yourself. Clinton. Could I interest you in a C.J. Stroud? You could have that if you had the number two pick. What's it worth to you? It's going to be Will Levis. That's going to be that second dude. That, I mean. That feels exactly like what Indianapolis would love to do. Mm-hmm. He'd love to have Will just, Levis. Just sit chilly, as Terry would say, talking about harness racing and and knowing when your time is going to come and when you're gonna you're gonna come unboxed and it's time to make that move. You might want to go three wide. You might not. Might want to hug the rail. But whatever you if you know that you got the if if, if you're you're sitting on the most powerful opportunity here, no hurry. There is absolutely no hurry. And the Bears, can they can even play some of these games where, oh, Ryan Poles is at Will Levis's pro day. He better be. You know, like. He better be. You can you can do all of, what did you say, the Kabuki theater stuff? Yes. You can what, do it now. With every day that goes by, because of how silly this process is. Yes. We've, we know it. We know it's ridiculous. We know that quarterbacks are going to rise, and you're going to start hearing, well, let's hear about the pro day. I don't know. I heard my stopwatch said he had a 4 3 eight. That's pretty special. And you're going to hear it, and it's going to happen. With every day that goes by, the pick is going to get more valuable. Yes, because it, it doesn't get less valuable. It's going to get more. Every, just, just let it all happen. And then Ryan Poles can just kind of sit there and – Go dance, puppets, dance. Mm-hmm. The ba- that's, what, that's what he should do. <laughs> Literally, the, the, the Bears are influential and meaningful in this league in a way that they haven't been in a very, very, very long time. And that is something to celebrate today. When they were able, they they did it. They did it. They went into this season telling us they were going to do it. We knew what it was. Everybody knew what it was. Unless you wanted to go out of your way to pretend otherwise. You knew what this was, and it ended up with this perfect little soft landing. Yep. You got the soft landing, and you got to celebrate. And that's been kind of the cool part. I mean, I'm planning on writing this for the Sun-Times for my Wednesday column. The cool part is no matter what we hear from people who are still looking for Justin Fields to – Win games in fourth quarter. No matter what we hear <laughs> from that contingent, Bears fans, and you, you know how you know they get it, the way they reacted yesterday at Soldier Field. Bears fans were like, yeah, we, we, get, we see what you're doing. We got it. This is going to be the year where you tear everything down. Some of us went through it with the Cubs. We saw how that went. Some of us went through it with the White Sox. Not Artie at Elgin. 
Not, oh, I did no. think of poor Artie not, yesterday. Not Artie. I'm sitting there in his seat fuming. I can't believe that Justin Fields isn't playing. He owns it to me. My kids pooled their money to buy an $8 ticket. Your kids went on the cheap, Artie. <laughs> Artie. Artie. He was there grumbling the whole time. I, 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 I can't be here. I'm just, I'm going to leave early. They put Tim Boyle in the game. Well, poor Artie. Yeah. Artie thought that he had he had a golden ticket, and then he had to watch the Peter Man and Tim Boyle quarterback golden yesterday for the kick. Bears. Yeah. He thought, Dan, he, and look, look, getting a chance to go to an NFL game is an absolute privilege. <laughs> going Sometimes. to that NFL game. <laughs> Sometimes. And quarterback... Nathan Peterman. And outfielder Scott Fitzendick. <laughs> Here he is. Oh, wait. There's no more Nathan Peterman? Well, who's quarterbacking the Bears now? It says here, um, someone named Tim Boyle. The sports betting guy? No, that's different. His name's Tim Doyle. Now, that'd be fun. <laughs> Looks the part. Oh, yeah. He can, he can pass for an NFL quarterback. Yeah. Sure. Looks the part. Absolutely. I want you to hear something that was said yesterday on these airwaves by a guy who's going to join us in studio. But there was some impassioned stuff yesterday from Anthony Heron talking about Justin Fields. I want you to hear a couple minutes of it when we come back on the score. Bear down. Let's go. Dan Bernstein, Lawrence Holmes. Man, Bernstein and Holmes, best show in radio. I love it, boys. Middays 10 to 2 on 670 The Score. Just simply the best. And just like that, for the first time in I don't know how long, on this Bears Monday morning brought to you by Horizon Therapeutics, the sun came out. Not just that, there isn't a cloud in the damn sky. It's nice, Dan. I m- mark the, the time, by the way. My partner has a smile on his face. He's happy about the sun being out. I'm tired as hell, though. I've been up since 425. What are you doing up so early? Hockey practice. Oh, Lord. Yeah, you're going to cry, though, when it's over. Well, I'm gonna, it's going to be, you know, give it a couple weeks, and that kid's going to finally get his damn driver's license. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I that's just, exciting. He's got to learn how to parallel park. I've, I've got to do the parallel parking thing. We'll do it in Beth's car because it's got the beeping things like, no, 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 yes, stop no, that. yes, stop, no. <laughs> Please stop. <laughs> right. No, no, no. Get out of the car now. Get, stop doing this. Put the car in park. <laughs> Someone else, your car has been crushed into a cube. So, <laughs> <laughs> Is it about my cube? So that, once we get that done and then it's no more, no more mommy, daddy taking you to dumbass practice and you can do all that on your own. Well, good. Good. That'll be excellent. For then we got to get his 21-year-old sister to do the same. Wait, she doesn't have a license? No. Wow. Never never had these city kids but like ne- she's had, in a place where she kind of needs one, right? Not really. Every once in a while they go, you know, somewhere Just, off campus for oh, something, but not really. I don't know if I could handle that. You handle cuz I in obviously like in Chicago, in New York, in DC, you can get around yep. without one, but ooh, if I was on like a college campus and I, I would need it to leave. Look, I get it. Everybody's different. I mean, and I, I don't know what I would have done without a car in college, but either way, I, that, that's going to be nice. And I know he's going to 
bump it into everything. I guess. Yeah, that's fine. No, it's not fine. It's expensive. It is expensive, but you know. But cards shout are- out to my dad because I know that, that that was he had the patience of Solomon dealing with me when I was learning how to parallel park. I always say, hey, if if my sister can drive, that my children can drive. Sister's a bad. The, she was the worst. No sense of direction. Incredibly distracted. And just no well, incredibly sense. distracted before the era of distracted drivers. Yes, we she had a, like an original cell phone in case of emergencies. Like it was like the one brick. Of the, it, was, it was it was yeah it was, it was the brick like the one immediately that was zipped into the case that was like well this goes under this is only in case of emergencies. I'm like Dad, you think wait till you see the bill on that thing. <laughs> What constitutes an emergency? Just I'm just telling. Just just you wait on that one. But it was a uh, it, yeah. It's been a long day, but it's a, it's a, it's great to wake up to all of these scenarios and just looking at the situation that this football team is in right now. First time in my lifetime they have had the number one. First time in most people's lifetimes because it's been since 1947. It's wild. The, their ability to control free agency in the draft is unparalleled right now. It's great. Our buddy, Big Ann Heron, who's going to join us in the next segment, had some things to say about Justin Fields' development. You know Big Ant. He's very measured. Like He's he's the guy that often is saying, well, let's look at it from this perspective. Not on this day. I'm going to hit you with some numbers, and I'm going to take a time out here. An eight-game stretch, and I, I didn't even have these numbers coming out. I just, I just looked at them and average them out in the commercial break. Because, again, my evaluation, like I started telling you this, after the October 2nd game against the New York Giants, the previous game on September 25th against the Houston Texans, the Bears won. And just think about that. You know, they might have already had the guaranteed number one pick if they would have lost that game to the Texans. But Justin Fields, admittedly, he told you after that game he played like trash. I agreed with him. He played like trash against the Texans, but somehow they won that game. The next week against the Giants – and then in the succeeding weeks after that, I saw a quarterback that that became more decisive, that became more accurate, that became more defined in his reads and in his decision-making, and week by week that progress continued. Now, in statistics, what began playing out began after that Washington Commanders game. So between the New England Patriots game on October 24th and the Buffalo Bills game on December 24th, a two-month span including eight games – Over those eight games, Justin Fields averaged 67% completions through 12 touchdowns to five interceptions and a 98 passer rating. I'm not talking about the man's running ability and all the highlight rushing yards that he put up and the rushing touchdowns that he had over that stretch. X all that out. There was an eight-game stretch where he's throwing to Dante Pettis, Equinemia St. Brown, And still, Cole Komet is occasionally dropping some passes that they've schemed him open for. And over that eight-game stretch, Justin Fields, 67% completion, 12 touchdown passes to five interceptions and a 98 passer rating. And all people who are naysaying on Justin Fields want to talk about is that they view him as this running quarterback or a running back playing quarterback and how he needs – yes, he needs to continue developing. I agree with that. And I would consider myself a Justin Fields guy. Justin Fields agrees with that. And I think Justin Fields considers himself a Justin Fields guy. But that eight-game stretch before the Lions game, ignoring the otherworldly running ability that he just kind of woke up and decided to start doing and developed 
almost out of the blue because that was not who he was as a player, as a quarterback, as a playmaker before. And just kind of before our eyes, we saw a guy develop into this electrifying, this dynamic runner, one of the most combustible talents in the National Football League as a runner. But if we ignore that, there was an eight-game stretch with the playmakers available to Justin Fields where he completed 67% of his passes through 12 touchdown passes to five interceptions with a 98 passer rating. If you didn't see development in Justin Fields as a quarterback, as a passing quarterback, you don't know what you were watching. Damn straight. Sky point for Big Ant Heron. And he's right. Because during that eight-game stretch, you know the the comp that Dan and I were making? Trevor Lawrence. Because those two guys have been connected for forever. And if you look in that same stretch of time, both of those guys were absolutely balling. Cliff Kingsbury fired by the Cardinals, by the way. Good. Because he's an idiot. It says, actually, it says, because he's an idiot. You talk about falling and failing upward. The Cliff Kingsbury story. Falling and failing upward. Well, let's make you a head coach because you're handsome. Oh, okay. Oh, you didn't do well, even though you had the best quarterback on the planet. Well, let's give you an offensive coordinator job at USC. All right. Thanks. Wait a minute. We're going to make you a head coach in the NFL. Really? Cool. My resume? Awesome. He'll be a college coach. Yeah. And he'll finish seven and five every year. Anthony Heron is going to join us for a couple of segments next on The Score.